Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Oh, my hair is really sticky. Ew. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I just needed to share that with you all. Why is it sticky? It's stiff you have to explain yourself. And crunchy and sticky. Why? So, our shower <laughs> in the bathroom that Justin and I used was leaking, uh-huh. and so it it had to be replaced because mm-hmm. it was otherwise we were going to damage our house with water. Okay. So I am, um, as Charlie puts it, groomies. Now grooming roommates. Mm-hmm. I'm sharing Charlie's bathroom, the one that she uses. Yes. And I went in the other morning, took a quick shower because I had a lot to do. Jumped out and my hair was still wet and I ran the hairbrush through my hair real fast before I had to, like, I was making breakfast and getting kids ready for school and all this other stuff. And I thought, well, I'll go dry my hair later. I'm just going to brush it out real fast and move on with my morning. And as my hair dried, I kept thinking, like, why does it feel so weird? What is up with what is in my hair? Why is it so stiff? shampoo? So I went back to the bathroom. It wasn't the shampoo or the conditioner. Those were fine. Mm Mm-hmm. My hairbrush, however, I had failed to notice, was sitting in a puddle of toothpaste. And there was actually toothpaste on the bristles. Now, how did that happen? (laughs) It sounds like a question for Charlie. I asked Charlie, and she just said, oops. (laughs) Well, she wanted minty fresh hair. (laughs) My hairbrush was covered in toothpaste, so I brushed my wet hair with toothpaste, and as it dried, it became stiff and crunchy. Well, and there was no time. There was no time to re-shower. I had I had to get a Harmony House, so I just went with my stiff, crunchy hair that I couldn't like. I couldn't pull a hairbrush through it because it was so. No wait, when did, this didn't happen today, right? This happened yesterday. Yeah, I just haven't showered since. Yeah, then. why did you? Okay, why, why would you not like just just put your head in the sink, like rinse out the I, toothpaste, Sid? I so I washed the brush in the sink to get all the toothpaste off of it, and then I took the wet brush and brushed it through my hair, and thought that would be maybe. And I was just in a hurry. I had a lot to do. But now, but now you're not. You went and you came back, and you yeah, could have. Well, last night we had dance class. Uh huh. And then dinner, and then baths, and bed, and homework. So and, baths for other people, not baths yeah. for Sydney. You didn't just think to dunk your head in there when you had the kids in the tub. Just get the toothpaste I mean, I, out. That, have you ever seen kids in a tub? It gets gross in there. I wouldn't want to put my head in that tub. They do some stuff. <laughs> Sid, I, I, um, I think there should there should, there was definitely time for you to wash your hair though. Uh, it's still crunchy and st- <laughs> it does have more body. <laughs> what, what, was there a point where you were like, I could wash this or I could save it because it could be a bit tomorrow. It could be a bit uh, for my podcast. So I'm going to save this crunchy, crunchy hair for a bit. I did think after it happened, I thought, oh, I got to tell uh, Taylor and Riley about this. And then I thought, well, I'll tell them about it on Still Buffering. Okay. <laughs> you had not Save mentioned a word of this up uh-huh. until now. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it. And Charlie just acted like, yeah, that happens. Like, listen, I am a mess. <laughs> and it's true. There's stuff everywhere. There's toothpaste all over everything. Everything. There are little cotton rounds 
that she uses with her micellar water to remove her makeup that she applies and reapplies 30 times throughout the evening after she gets home from school. Yeah. And she uh, and so they're a little like wadded up wet cotton rounds covered partially in makeup all over the place. Have you ever shown her? Have you ever said, Charlie, this is what we call a garbage can. It's right next to the sink. Like, <laughs> I it's know. right there. Like, I swept it all in there. And, like, it was so much cleaner. And it took me three seconds. Anyway. Yeah, we had to talk about it. We had to talk about mess. And then we also had to talk about how we're not going to put on makeup every day. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't, I don't, she doesn't wear it out of the house. But, right. like, it's. Maybe they have pe- a talk about where toothpaste goes and where it doesn't. Yeah, like not on a hairbrush, but on a toothbrush. It was all over. She also does the thing where like the toothpaste comes out and then gets all over the top of the tube, but she doesn't clean it. So she puts the lid so back like, on it. Gets yeah, sticky. and so the lid is filled with like old dried crusty toothpaste and the top is filled with, it was covered in dried, dried crusty toothpaste and like you can't shut it anymore. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> can't handle that well is her hair crunchy and sticky no she has her own hairbrush that wasn't in toothpaste no just mine just my hairbrush was covered in toothpaste is this what it's like when a kid has their own bathroom like they just just it's no man's land in there apparently (laughs) at one point she had a twinkie in one of those drawers Mm mm-hmm just in her bathroom. Tactical Twinkie. I understand that. You don't she know if probably, you're going to be in the shower and you're going to need a Twinkie. Yeah. She probably still does. I have to search their rooms periodically because both of them will. That's like their fun thing to do together is go raid the kitchen and look for like fruit snacks or Twinkies or chips or whatever and then hide them in their rooms. That Or, or an entire bunch of bananas. I was in Cooper's room and she wheeled a baby cart over to me and said, look, they day. <laughs> And pulled the blanket off, and there, swaddled in the in the baby carriage, was a bunch of bananas. <laughs> I like that you just laugh, like, "Oh, my kids are so silly." <laughs> I was like, "Do they know you have these?" <laughs> Cooper, there are going to be there is this generation of children that are growing up in this pandemic that don't go anywhere and don't know anybody, and like their parents are just like losing it and i don't know what they're gonna be like they're like sort of kind of feral a little like have like a an edge (laughs) i mean she's been inside for most of her life yeah yes yeah inside baby i don't know she's (laughs) i don't know i don't know what to say about coop oh i well i I think i think justin was the one that recovered the bananas i pointed them out to him and he said oh i didn't know we had bananas <laughs> this is all this is what it's like here. We are doing our best to hold it together. <laughs> well, hey, what else can you do? I I heard I heard on the news uh I, I was listening to Fauci talk to Anderson Cooper and Fauci said by next spring this will be under control and I died inside. I died inside. On that moment, because I was like, oh, next spring. I remember hearing that. I remember hearing that last year. I also remember hearing next fall. I also remember hearing next summer. But next spring, <laughs> for sure. Oh. <laughs> we live in interesting times. You gotta. Lie. I would like to return to precedented times. <laughs> right. <laughs> Please. Um, 
speaking of uh, lighthearted fare. <laughs> yeah. Or children Not without really. without leadership or or. Yeah, <laughs> children without appropriate supervision, even though their parents are right here. Not in Australia. <laughs> We're doing our best. I want to talk about Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. This Can I say that uh, my memory of this film was not like it didn't strike me as dark as when I rewatched it the first like whatever it is, 15 minutes do do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's quite dark. It's pretty dark. It's dark. And the whole setup, I'm just like the whole thing. I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) there's a problem here. I had not realized that, I think, when I, which is also disturbing because when I watched it, I was a kid and I was like, this seems fine. (laughs) This seems normal and not upsetting. What? Why did this have such a big impact on you? That's what I want to know. Okay. So don't tell mom. (laughs) Well, (laughs) don't tell mom the babysitter's dead is a movie that came out in 1991. Um, and, And it is so like squarely set in that early 90s moment late 80s early 90s like there's some overlap there's Mm -hmm. definitely some still some 80s vibes happening there but um it so represents that time the the feel the fashion the attitude the comedy that is not funny (laughs) but is somehow or isn't but i enjoy it i don't know what to say about it (laughs) um i think it just felt like growing up if like it feels so familiar to that time period of my life when i was younger um and then the fashion the very superficial answer is i was obsessed with the fashion in the movie when i was younger i watched i watched this over and over again um not in the theaters of course in in 1991 i would have been eight yeah so i didn't i didn't go see (laughs) don't tell mom the babysitter's dead in the movie although to be fair our parents probably would have let us yeah yeah like right do do you feel like there was anything we weren't allowed to watch when we were kids? Mm, no. <laughs> no. No. No, I mean we watched liquid television and I know we shouldn't have been watching that. We watched all the uh uh puppet master movies. <laughs> I was going to say I I have my my heck razor memories. Yes. Can't even say the name on this podcast. <laughs> um times were different then, Riley. Hey, I watched a lot of stuff I probably shouldn't have been watching when I was You were watching too. Family Guy when you were like yeah. five. That's on Scampy Mike, though. That's not on Mom and Dad. That's true. Um, but I think the the fashion was a big part of it. If you've never seen this, uh, I would say not critically acclaimed film. I read it actually did pretty bad when it came out. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's got like a 33%. Is that... It's higher Something than that. Something like that, right? 36%. It's in the 30s, I believe, on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, that's rough. No, it did not do well when it first was released. It was Oh, it, you're right, 36. Yeah. Wow. I do <laughs> remember so, watching it a lot though. You you watched it specifically a lot. <laughs> so it was one of those movies that I guess was replayed a lot on television was part of it. Um, you know how there are just some movies that for some reason, like one of those channels, like for me, it was always like TBS would just run over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the reason that I've seen another film, which I think arguably is probably much better. But um, I've seen that thing you do. Maybe the only movie I've seen more in my life is The Princess Bride. And that was intentionally watching it. But that thing you do would probably be number two because I've seen it 
in an unintentionally so many times on television. Mm-hmm. See, I, I feel like it was always like Father of the Bride or one of those Dog Plays a Sport movies. <laughs> Air Bud. There's Air Bud. Oh, there, was, there was what, Beethoven? He didn't play a sport. He was just a dog. That was the premise of the movie. There was a dog. <laughs> but he was but he was big. big and he knocked stuff over. It's a big dog movie. <laughs> and then there's also the movie Big, which is not about a dog. There's not a but dog. But a great movie. <laughs> and then there's, there's there's Clifford, but that's a different big dog. But that's, that's a different uh, big dog and he's red. big and he's a dog. Red. Then there's Marmaduke, but he's a dog that acts like a human. That that has not been committed to film yet. I don't know. Is it not? <laughs> I don't think so. There's not Marmaduke the movie, but there should be, probably. <laughs> oh, no, no. Don't say that. You're going to will it into existence, and it's your fault now. Come on. I want a gritty reboot of Marmaduke. I was, I was right. There was a Marmaduke that came out in 2010. No. I want you all to guess right now what the Rotten Tomatoes ranking is, because I guarantee you won't get it right. If it's worse, if it's not worse than Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, I'm going to be so mad. Oh, it's worse. But how 20, much worse? 20. 20, Tay? 22. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, okay. Uh, Some things make well, sense. He lives in the OC in the movie. Sydney, he lives in the OC. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't with, no. Marmaduke. Starring Marmaduke. Owen Wilson as Marmaduke. <laughs> I cannot believe there is a movie called uh, based on Marmaduke starring Owen Wilson. And Emma Stone I, and George Lopez and Fergie. What? And Kiefer Sutherland. What? This is fake. How is this, this is made? not real. <laughs> I, I knew it. I could have sworn I saw. Yeah, this is a real thing. It was Kiefer one of those with, like real people, but the dog is like slightly fake. So were all those people in the movie? Other yeah. than Owen Wilson, like he's the voice of the dog, but everyone else is in the well, movie. Well, maybe they or- voiced other dogs. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, because I like... I feel like big name celebrities will sign on to do the voices for some stuff that it's like, what now? Yeah. But but they wouldn't actually be in the, you know what I mean? Yeah, it looks like they all voiced other, other okay. animals. Okay, okay. All the ones I named anyways. Um, but yeah, that exists. <laughs> anyways, off topic. I'll pick that next time I have something to pick. No. Uh, uh. <laughs> okay, so Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead uh, came out in 91, and it's the yes. the premise of the film is kind of in the title. Um, a bunch of, uh, there are five kids in this family. Um, Christina Applegate is like our main character. She is one of the two oldest, who are twins. Did mm-hmm. you realize the two oldest kids are twins, Tay? Oh, they're supposed to be twins. I thought she was older than him. That is what I had always assumed. But uh, upon viewing this time and reading about it, um, the Kenny and Sue Ellen are supposed to be twins. Oh, wow. I know. The short little description describes him as her quote unquote stoner twin. So, uh, but anyway, so their mom, there, there, there are five children, three other younger children. Um, and then these two who have just Kenny is repeating his senior year of high school this upcoming fall is kind of the premise we're given because he flunked and then Sue Ellen has just finished high school Mm -hmm. they are 17 she's about to go to college city college maybe she hasn't signed Mm -hmm. up there's this whole like she's not quite sure what she wants to do with her future yeah that kind of thing Um, and three younger kids Uh, their mom is going to Australia for the summer 
leaving them behind because her boyfriend's paying for it. And they're going to be there. They think alone. They think they're going to have the best summer of their lives. Like no parents. All Just fun. kids. Just kids. All fun. Yep. And then um, um, an elderly lady shows up and she's the babysitter. She's really tough on them for like a day and then sadly passes away <laughs> in her sleep that evening. <laughs> it's a really dark premise. Uh, so they decide they don't want to tell the mom because they want to have this parent free summer. Uh, so they don't. They don't want to tell anybody, actually. No, they um, put the dead babysitter <laughs> in a trunk the part and leave her at a to hear and you explain. <laughs> <laughs> leave her at a mortuary. Yeah. Which again, when I watched this as a kid, didn't strike me as completely horrible as it is like as an adult i'm watching going oh my god God, that is terrible that woman is going to be buried in an unmarked grave (laughs) yes yeah Yeah. um but they inadvertently uh the the babysitter died with all of their money on for the entire summer on her so now sue ellen has to get a job she tries working in fast food doesn't like it ends up working uh, faking a resume, getting hired at a big fashion company in a position she's totally unqualified for. Um, hilarity ensues. Right. A lot of like uh, what happens is like she's introduced to actually the I, I read this. The original title of the movie was supposed to be the real world because oh. she's introduced to what the real world was like, but they couldn't call it that. This is 1991 because of the MTV because MTV had yeah. another series yeah. that was starting. <laughs> Oh, man. So uh, after a bit of a, like, I think there was even some litigation. They had to change it to Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Far more iconic name. Yes. It, it really name. is. Better yeah. name by far. Um, and uh, I, the thing is, Sue Ellen, Christina Applegate, is like sort of a fashion prodigy is what we're supposed to kind of understand. Like, she's always been sort of interested in it. But then she gets this job in this fashion company and like saves the day at the end with this big presentation because of her natural abilities um, and the outfits she puts together through the movie, the ones she wears herself as this kind of, you know, fake career woman, fake adult. (laughs) Yeah, fake adult, Um, as well as the outfits she designs for the big fashion show at the end of the film. Mm -hmm. I just was obsessed with growing up. I just thought like, oh my gosh, I want to wear all of those things. They were all very like um, working woman of that like nine to five kind of. I mean, like lots of shoulder pads, (laughs) lots of giant blazers. I mean, I will say there was an outfit she wore. I'm pretty sure when she went for her interview Mm -hmm. for that job where it was like a black blazer with like white trim and a shirt underneath that was white with like black outlines of faces mm-hmm. i think on it or something like that i don't know some sort but of like design. all over print and i was into it that was a suit like i would like i would like to own that suit i think i, I like i like the uh, the red and green one it was mainly like a, a kind of a forest green with like the red scarf but it didn't look christmasy mm-hmm. somehow i was a fan of that mm-hmm. i uh i absolutely love the outfit now she doesn't wear this when she's a working woman she wears it when she's also dating throughout the movie the guy she met in her brief stint at clown dog the fast food restaurant mm-hmm. she's also dating brian throughout the film and trying to hide from him what she's doing you know and hide from her work that she's secretly a teenager but um the, she wears these green pants 
there. What is that called? That waste? I, like paper bag? Yeah. yeah. They, they've got like a paper bag waste. They're really like big pants and they've got those big giant pockets with like a black long sleeve shirt and a choker. Mm. Obsessed with that outfit when I was a kid. Obsessed pants are really with good. Would wear today. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a question to uh, briefly? What is is that hair back into like I know a lot of the styles from the 90s came back like the big blowout but sort of like the big blowout with the big bangs and it's all like I mean it's not the big big 80s hair yeah. right like it's shrunk it, it's the hair started to flatten mm-hmm. into the 90s but it's still pretty big yeah yeah um I've noticed a lot it's a TikTok trend to get like the curtain bangs yeah like the really like short ones that kind of frame your face almost like do the fan out kind of thing mm-hmm. um and, and people doing at-home blowouts, getting, like, the big rollers. So they yeah. blow out sections of their hair, blow them dry, and then roll it up in the big rollers. Not so that it's curly, but so it gets that big, poofy, voluminous and blowout like, look. it's, kind of tousled. Like, her yeah. hair always looks like... Like a share from Clueless, if you will. Mm, yeah. Like, that kind of, like, big that look. blowout. Um, yeah, that is very See, much back. I feel, I feel like this look predates that just a little because it's still got a little bit of that 80s feel. It's still a little bit. And it's bit a like, little messy. Yes. Yeah. But like in, by Clueless, Cher is like. It's a little bit more refined. Yeah. It's smooth. I think we're whereas, there. Okay. I think in modern times we're there. But that look still is still is good. And honestly, her clothes, I feel like I would see a lot of modern people on TikTok or something wearing those clothes. Yeah. Hmm. Those pants. Could I pull off those bangs? it made me really want bangs the parts where she's like pulling her bangs down and they're all pc and i just really want those but i don't know okay i'm also 38 and christina applegate was 18 at the time of filming cannot believe she was 18 she was 18 she's playing a 17 year old she's an 18 year old so I told Sydney before he started, I was like, how did anyone think she would pass as a 17 year old, assuming she was like 25? Yeah. And he said, well, she was 18. <laughs> oh, she looks young. <laughs> it's, it's the makeup and, and hair and fashion of the day really was to make people look more mature. The fashion was very much like, I think that did it. Yeah. It I don't think it's her like, woman. like she did not read old. It's that all the styling, but that yeah. was the styling of the time. Yeah. It was to... You know, if you look at all like the Beverly Hills 90210 people, mm-hmm. I feel like it's the same vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's trying to look older. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. I want to talk more about the movie itself and why <laughs> why I insist on discussing it today. <laughs> but before we do that, let's check the group message. Um, first of all, I want to talk to you all about the fact that uh, it's been a stressful year and a half time. Long, long time. Mm-hmm. I was going to say year, year and a half, mm-hmm. going on two years. Um, and, you know, maybe you're feeling down. Maybe you're feeling sad. You're stressed out. You need somebody to talk to. Um, somebody who, like, doesn't necessarily know you uh, can have, like, an unbiased view of, of your life and help you out. And you can talk with and, and get some perspective and get some help. Um, and that's exactly what BetterHelp Online Therapy has to offer. 
Uh, I can attest to the fact that it can be really hard sometimes to find therapy in your area uh, that you can afford or that you have insurance that covers or if you don't have insurance. Um, and even when you do, I know in, in a lot of areas like ours, there's a lot of shortages of those sorts of healthcare professionals. You just can't find that kind of help locally, especially not in a timely fashion. You may be waiting months um, to be able to talk to somebody. And being able to talk to somebody is really important uh, for, for mental health. Um, and BetterHelp can uh, can help you out in that way. It's right there in the name. Yeah. Um, because you can talk to somebody um, online in a way that, that fits your schedule, uh, that fits your budget. It's more affordable. Um, so if you don't have that option of in-person therapy, if that's not something that is afforded to you either by time, location, money, whatever, um, BetterHelp is a great option for you. Uh, Tay, if our listeners want to check out BetterHelp, what should they do? Well, BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. And it's more affordable than in-person therapy. See if it's for you. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Still Buffering listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Buffering. Have your first session in under 48 hours at B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Buffering. So, as we've discussed, sometimes life stinks. It gets hard, especially recently. <laughs> um, I don't know about you all, but something that makes me feel better when I'm trying to take care of myself, do a little bit of self-care, is taking, like, a good, nice, long shower, maybe a bath, maybe do some, like, some some face masks, some good self-care and some relaxation. Um, and Native helps me out with that because you probably already know about their legendary deodorant, but... Have you tried their new body wash toothpaste or their brand new mineral-based sunscreen? Yes. They've got, yeah, they've got you covered in all departments now. They now have a broad spectrum SPF 30 sunscreen for your face and body. It's lightweight, it absorbs quickly, and you can choose between unscented or coconut and pineapple. That scent sounds delicious. I would love my face to smell that way. And it's always important to wear sunscreen, no matter what time of year it is. Gotta protect that skin. Absolutely. Gotta keep yourself safe. Um... And you can get their body wash and deodorant in amazing scents like coconut and vanilla, citrus and herbal musk, lavender and rose, and more. And I can testify to the fact that their body wash smells amazing. Their deodorant does too. We've told you about their deodorant a lot before. But their new body wash is my go-to in the shower. I always get out smelling so fresh, so clean. Um, it always makes me feel a little bit better just to feel all, feel all squeaky clean. So Tay, if our listeners want to check out Native, what should they do? You can stay fresh and stay clean with Native by going to nativedeo.com slash buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout for 20% off your first order. So I mentioned that I was so busy yesterday uh, and this morning I still haven't washed the toothpaste out of my hair. Um, but, but one of the stressors I didn't face last night in the midst of everything was how am I going to find time to cook dinner? And that's because I called on my trusty friend DoorDash. Um, when you don't have time to cook, when you've got a local restaurant that you're just dying to get some food from, but you're not quite ready to go out there yet, you, you want it brought, uh, quickly, safely, contactlessly that contactlessly that works mm -hmm. yeah i'll mm -hmm. make that a word to your door doordash saves you last night doordash saved us with delicious pitas 
Mm. Mm. And hummus to dip some of those pitas in. It was delicious. Yum. And uh, it was really on a busy evening when we didn't really have time to cook. It, it Over and over again, DoorDash is your friend. Um, they, you, all you do is open up the app. You choose your favorite restaurant. And again, this is a great way to support local places uh, that really need your help right now. You order what you want and they leave it safely outside your door. Um, and uh, and there's all kinds of, of choices on DoorDash. So, you know, you don't have to worry about, about getting bored. you got tons of options. Mm-hmm. So, Taylor, if our listeners want to check out DoorDash, what should they do? Well, right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more and zero delivery fees for the first month when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BUFFERING. That's $5 off your first order and zero delivery fees for a month when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BUFFERING. Don't forget, that's code BUFFERING for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Okay, so the fashion, I believe, from this film is iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've already covered that. And it, it again, it culminates in a fashion show where basically Christine Applegate's character revolutionizes this, um, like uniform company largely that's that that's what they design Mm -hmm. or just sort of like uh for workplaces or schools or whatever uniforms um she revolutionizes it by making them very 90s very cute (laughs) very cute very Very neon and accessorized and um spandex (laughs) of course uh but um the other thing, there are other things about the movie. Again, more like sort of iconic kind of 90s things. Like she does have the see-through phone, by the way. The see-through phone that you can see all the pieces through. I, Which I, I kind of want. And like mm-hmm. we're well past that in technology. Like it's not like it would do anything for me that I, that my phone doesn't do. But I just want it. Yeah. I want a phone that's see-through. <laughs> me too. Can we have a see-through iPhone? Well, of all the things you, you all are bringing back from the 90s, can you bring that back? <laughs> yeah. Please. I want that phone. I want to see the mechanical guts of things. <laughs> I don't now, understand how any of it works. I just want to see it. One thing I am glad we haven't brought back is the fact that everyone is smoking everywhere in this yeah. movie. <laughs> yes. Isn't it yeah. weird to see? I mean, we're so used to like nowadays that's not the norm. And so if you're watching current films or movies, like you don't see people just smoking everywhere. But like people are smoking no. in cars, in offices, in restaurants. restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was 30 years ago, so I was not alive. But it seems like the the notion of everyone smoking everywhere all the time was longer ago than that. It does not seem like it would have been, like, just 30 years ago. Like, oh, there's... It feels like a very, like, thing you see in movies that take place in, like, I don't know, the 70s. That I will tell you that in my life, like, I watched the um, smoking ban in restaurants happen here in Huntington. Wild. Like, when I was growing up, there were still smoking sections mm-hmm. in restaurants. It's wild. It does yeah. throw it. It throws me off watching because it's something that's so unusual that mm-hmm. I'm like, "Whoa, hold on, yeah. I have to get oriented here." Um, yeah, it is, un- and it's wild too when you consider that uh, uh, Sue Ellen is 17. Well, I was gonna say yeah. it was part of like I, you know the whole like she looks older than she is. It's like, well, I mean, you you do the hair and the shoulder pads and the cigarette in her head. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a look. I guess I didn't even think about that. She's 17. Yeah. And like her mom sees her smoking in the beginning of the film. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's wild. Yeah. Um, I, uh, but yeah, that, that I, I am not in a hurry to bring back. I did think one thing upon rewatching the movie, first of all, um, I appreciate sort of like, 
the way they're kind of sending up the whole corporate world. Like they kind of do that subtly. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little subversive, but also especially in the character of Gus. So Gus is so Sue Ellen is like an administrative executive assistant for Rose, who's one of the what CEOs of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gus is one of the other executives. And Gus and Rose are dating, except Gus is a total sleaze ball who hits on everybody and like is completely inappropriate and makes incredibly offensive passes at people in the office and yeah. just like all around slime ball bad guy. Yeah. Um and hits on Sue Ellen all the time from the moment she's there, which is especially disturbing when you know as the audience does that she's 17. Yeah. yeah. Um now she is telling everybody that she's 27. But still. She's still 17. Uh but Gus does something that I thought was actually a really insightful of the people who made the film. Uh, at the time he keeps when he hits on sue ellen he will say something that is wildly inappropriate um that is definitely you know not something you can say to somebody in a workplace setting right and then he'll say but if that offends you it's just a joke i'm just joking i'm kidding and that's his defense later when she finally tells rose that he's been hitting on her he's like oh no 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 i was joking you just can't take a joke and i thought that is so true and like such a thing and he's just saying it and being it consistently in the film but nobody was talking about that in the early 90s Mm-mm. i mean now we do but I, I thought that was actually really insightful yeah yeah when I, I appreciated that rose believed her like when she said that you know like rose mm-hmm. that was a point of it wasn't the narrative of like oh we're not gonna believe the teenager like we're gonna know we're gonna believe the woman that's saying he does he's like this yeah 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 no i th- i thought that was um i thought that was really a nice thing he doesn't i mean again in the in and this is probably true to the way it would work he doesn't like get fired or anything for, oh yeah of course not yeah being sexually inappropriate in the yeah. workplace um <laughs> for harassing i mean like that's for the word harassment. we're not yeah we haven't used the word he's sexually harassing everyone throughout the film yeah. Yeah. that is his character he's the guy who sexually harasses everyone uh, um, i don't there, there's, there's also the, the, the kind of sleazy character of David Duchovny in this movie. This was like one of his first roles, I believe. A sweet baby face, David Duchovny, being the sleazy guy that's trying to get her fired along with the assistant because they are resentful of her quick yes. progression. It's it's funny because like on one level, I do feel for Carolyn, who is the receptionist, and this is the job that. So Ellen initially applies for she wants she's applying for this receptionist job. And then the plan is Carolyn is going to move up and be Rose's assistant and get that job. But it really seems like a personality thing. Rose just doesn't like Carolyn Mm -hmm. and doesn't want her to. So she gets skipped over for this promotion by somebody from outside the company, which like there's an adult part of me that was like, well, that really sucks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's obviously Carolyn is more qualified. Right. And I mean, just because she's kind of mean doesn't mean she doesn't get the job she's qualified for. Yeah. Well, and it's not very like typical. Ellen, like, does great at the job. Like, she passes off her work to to other people to do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And gets praised for it. Yeah. There. <laughs> there is something I guess sort of subversive about that. Like, and you know, like this whole American work ethic thing. Like, if you try and work hard enough, you can build your way up through the system. No. Sometimes, if you're just like. 
have a great personality, you're charismatic, you're good looking, and you have great style, you can skip to the front. Yeah. Well, that, well that's true. I guess. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> I feel sorry for Carolyn is what I'm saying. I'm kind of a defender of hers because even though relate? she is. <laughs> huh? Did you relate? Well, I feel bad for her because she is mean. But she's also more qualified and she doesn't get that job because somebody doesn't like her personality. And that's that's discrimination and it's wrong. Mm -hmm. But that is often how it works in the workplace, especially for women. Yeah, I think it sucks. Yeah. I mean, because Gus is a slime ball, but he gets to be in charge. He's a man. Wow. Um, yeah, no, I know what you mean. It kind of feels like when you watch Rent when you're older and you're like, well, Benny kind of had a point. <laughs> <laughs> we all reach that moment yeah. in life where we go, I mean, come on. <laughs> I remember really liking the, uh, I, I guess, the, the twin brother, like thinking he was a, a cool dude when I was a kid. And now rewatching the movie, I'm like, oh, this kid sucks. He's not doing anything. His sister is out here doing everything, and he's letting the kids fall off the roof. Like, he gets his act together by the end of the movie. <laughs> that is another moment that, like, so the youngest child, Walter, um, is trying to fix the TV antenna during the movie and falls off the roof. And it's because Sue Ellen's at work and Kenny's in his room with his friends getting high. Mm -hmm. And... Which is like a, a 90s after school special right yeah. there. <laughs> He's in his room getting high. And look at his poor little brother. And all of his fell friends off the are roof. named like Bonehead and like, like yeah. Skeezer or something. <laughs> at one point, they, get, they use the insult Metallica breath, by the way. Which is like... What? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't know. Who are you insult... Anyway... Uh, but the kid falls off the roof and that I did find very like now as again as an adult and especially as a parent I was like this is horrific <laughs> this is a horror movie <laughs> this movie is like my worst nightmare well, I, I mean even the whole I mean the setup of the movie said how did you feel about this this mother that's just like all right my five children I'm going to Australia for two months Part of me is yeah. like, cool, good for you, lady. Maybe you need the time. But also, like, I think that's bad. Your children are very young. <laughs> I I want, yeah, I mean, the two, obviously, who are, like, have graduated or should have graduated and have graduated from high school, that's one thing. But, yeah, like, it, like she tells the, the one uh, little sister, Melissa, she doesn't get to play s baseball that summer mm -hmm. because mommy's going to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> which is wild yeah. like i know you want to play baseball but i'm gonna go to australia with my boyfriend on vacation for two months especially it's not because, for work yeah and sue <laughs> ellen months. wanted to go to europe yeah. right on that mm -hmm. her thing like all her friends were going but they said it wasn't that like her mom wouldn't let her it's just that they couldn't afford it yeah but her mom could afford to go to her australia. boyfriend was paying oh. but her boyfriend wasn't willing to pay to send oh. sue ellen to europe i know it's contrived it's, yeah yeah yeah, there's yeah, that kind of the, sad moment where the kid's like, "Oh, you, you didn't, you wouldn't take money from mom," and the kid's like, "Well, mom never had money." It's like, "Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's a no. lot here." This well, is a heavier movie this, than I remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, well, there's this moment at the end that, as a kid, like I think I I read this very differently. So, like the mom gets home from Australia, right in the middle of Sue Ellen, which also this whole scene still throws me. Sue Ellen's having her big fashion show to save the company. It's going great. 
And at the same time, her mom comes home from Australia and is like, Sue Ellen, get over here, young lady. You're in big... Tr-. As if you would say that in front of a bunch of adults. Yeah. Like, you, you wouldn't just, like, slow your roll for a second there, mom, and wait just for her on. to come over there. <laughs> um, and, and Brian... The clown dog boyfriend shows up in his clown dog mobile, like with the music playing, announcing over the, <laughs> the loudspeaker with all those cars and people there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I love I you, was... Sue Ellen. Let's work it out. <laughs> big, big red flag from clown dog boyfriend. <laughs> uh, but when the when Australia mom gets back, Australia mom, she she's like walking through the house and the house is like spotless, beautiful. They have all this brand new stuff that, well, they sort of embezzled from the company to yeah yeah to to buy but um like everything's perfect and the kids are all well behaved and everyone's succeeding and i remember as a kid thinking like that's right parents we don't need you (laughs) we can do it better (laughs) on our own parents and like as an adult i'm watching i'm like the kids finally started helping her out she was doing all she could She's raising five kids on her own. They say repeatedly through the movie that the dad's like a deadbeat and mm-hmm. he doesn't care. She's doing it all by herself. Mm-hmm. Give the lady a break. You finally helped out. See, my <laughs> thought was, oh, this is like in every movie when the kids have a giant party and the only reason they clean is because it's like, oh, no, mom, and dad are coming home in 20 minutes. The house has got to be clean or else I'm going to get in trouble. That was my thought. Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. It, it is but, like, yeah. it seems that all the kids do finally learn to like, take care of themselves and clean up after themselves and it's because their mom went to australia for two months and the babysitter died this is such a 90s though like moment the idea that like our kids just need more independence yeah send them outside all day yeah or like let them come home from school and let themselves in and make themselves a snack i'll be home from work later that is so 90s though like that that feeling of parenting Mm -hmm. like kids need more independence you can't coddle them too much. You can't tell them what to do. You can't help them with their homework and get them to little league practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Encourage them to succeed in life. You just need to let them smoke whenever they want <laughs> and they'll figure it out. Yeah. Go to Australia. Oh, it's like the, the progression of like the like of Christina Applegate's character of like, you know, figuring out what she wants to do in her life. But then that's paralleled with like Gus or the the twin brother uh mm-hmm. like his Kenny. whole like weird culinary adventures Mm -hmm. like now oh i'm gonna go to culinary school i'm gonna be a chef i figured this out because i had to cook for my family for the first time in my life my mom (laughs) abandoned us although i actually think kenny's story is probably more the more realistic one the idea that like here he was sort of this like stoner guy who didn't really who did not dig school was just like partying having fun he watches julia child He's like inspired to try to make the delicious stuff he sees on TV and then he goes the route of becoming a chef. That actually probably has happened. It's a lot more realistic (laughs) than like faking your way to a giant fashion company. (laughs) (laughs) And then and then she she's offered a permanent job there. Yeah. She's like, nah, nah, nah. Well, it's because she didn't. She didn't oh, get to God. be a kid, I guess. The, the, the whole wrap up with Rose, which is like, no mention of the embezzlement. We're not even going to talk about you stealing $3,000 in the company. How about no. I hire you, child? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> do you want to go to Vassar? <laughs> yeah, I'll pull some strings. <laughs> um, it does have the, uh, the 
the two, the love interests, they, they get back together. They reunite by the end. Of um, course. Brian, who I, I will say, like, even today, I think is a little dreamy. He's a little dreamy. He does have the great line, like, I mean, I love oceanography, <laughs> but I don't know if I want oceanography to be my life. <laughs> I will say, though, I can imagine myself hearing that if I were to watch this when I was like 13 and being like, oh, I get it. He's smart. Oh, you have a passion, but it's not your life. Oh, I get it. He's hardworking. He's easygoing. His hair is always in his face. You still think he's pretty dreamy. (laughs) I still think he's pretty dreamy. (laughs) That's fair. That that has not worn off. Um, But I, I will say like. Again, because whenever we watch these movies from the 90s, I feel like there's always it's always worth a mention that like I think of the films and TV shows we've discussed, it's not nearly as problematic as others. It is incredibly dark. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, they, just, they handle the the death of that poor old lady. Not very well. So they just put her in a trunk. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not touched on again, except for they decide to make it the ending beat of the movie. Like, ha ha ha. Look, this woman was buried in an unmarked grave. Whoa. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> the grave diggers <laughs> stole rough. her money. That's funny. <laughs> it also has, shows a distinct misunderstanding of how mortuaries work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would not happen. But so that's all. I mean, that obviously is a problem. They do. I would say, like, I, there was one um, joke that I found transphobic in the in the movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously, like many films of the time. Everyone is white, pretty much. Yeah. They're like friends and people that they try to... It was the 90s, so they were just realizing, like, oh, we shouldn't make everything white, and we'll try to add in a few people of color here and there so nobody yells at us, but... Still super white. It's a very white film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But overall, certainly not nearly as offensive as a lot of things from the time i agree i i do remember thinking that the at the the big reveal at the end all the uniforms that she redesigned i remember thinking that they were way cooler than they actually were on the (laughs) rewatch yes yeah these are hideous and no one would want to wear these Mm -hmm. yeah yes like these are very uncomfortable they're very revealing it's not no no (laughs) No, and in some cases, like, I still think about that that nurse's uniform, like, that is not what you want to (laughs) wear. Like, it's kind of degrading, like, we would like our nurses to dress in hot pink spandex, please, like, well, um, (laughs) not, they can do that in their free time, but not in the hospital. Yeah. (laughs) They don't want to do that in the hospital. Nobody does. Um. Yeah, when it yeah. was like, oh, it's for like, you know, whatever, like a sports team. It's like, okay, cute, kicky, bright colors. Like, oh, we're, no, a nurse, really? Like, real jobs? Sydney, how do you, how do you feel about a hot pink doctor's coat? No, thanks. I mean, I think like, I think I am a uh, function over form kind of, kind of person, obviously. Mm-hmm. Comfort over style every time, every time. I think if you really want to wear like hot pink, doctor's coats or scrubs or whatever but nobody wants to like be trying to you know take care of people in a hospital while wearing a tight spandex mini dress yeah no it's just a comfort thing Mm -hmm. practicality yeah i don't even care about professionalism just like i mean she was 17 yeah she was 17 (laughs) (laughs) that's the 
<laughs> That's the key to the whole movie. Yeah. She's she 17. 17. Well, I think that the, the whole movie, just as an adult, falls in such a weird light. Because I'm just watching this child struggle with supporting a family of five. And I'm like, this is just really sad. They have no money. They might starve. Will somebody help them? <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's very 90s. Like, don't call anyone for help. Let's figure this out. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, well. Well, thank you all for watching it. Because I will say that even though, like... It the if you have not seen it, I will tell you that the the whole part of the babysitter actually dying is pretty grim, um, and it is played off as like silly and like a joke. Um, other than that, though, man, yeah. I enjoyed revisiting those fashion, and I really, mm-hmm. I really think I might try that hairdo. Riley, mm. all right, I'm not in town. Can you handle this? <laughs> Hey, you don't do think that if you want to if you want to try it, go ahead. Bangs are your hair. Do you think your I life? It's just bang. Once you do the bangs, like they're there. Like you got to wait for them to grow. Out. Yeah, like, yeah. But that takes a while. And and you're gonna want to feather your bangs out like that every day. Mm. No, no. Um. Well, she just okay. sort of Anyways. like poofs them. <laughs> this is yeah, that's <laughs> not how they actually work. That's not. Um. T- <laughs> Taylor, what's next? <laughs> uh. Next, I want to talk about a uh, a musician that I really enjoy, uh, Poe. Not not the Edgar Allan varietal, uh, the just Poe. Uh, got two CDs that were big in my youth, uh, Hello and Haunted. So, if you want to give both a listen, that's what I'm gonna be talking about. All right, all right, that sounds great. Yeah, I love Poe. I don't right. think I've ever I listened. You, I think you'll like it. So, I think it's yeah. something you might you might jive with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, listeners. Um, thank you for, for joining me, uh, siblings, for <laughs> Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, cult classic, 1991. Yes. <laughs> Check happy, it out. happy, upbeat movie about a struggling child and a dead lady. <laughs> I think I found it on like the HBO streaming, mm-hmm. I think is yeah, where yeah. I found it. Yeah. Um, thank you to Maximum Fun. You should go to MaximumFun.org and listen to all the podcasts. They're great. You'll love them. Um, you can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at StillBuff or MaximumFun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I, I am too. We didn't even get into the 90s soundtrack. Oh, man. The music is so 90s. Yeah. Very 90s. Yeah. Whenever you finish doing the dishes, do you say, the dishes are done. (laughs) Dishes are done, man. Yes. (laughs) I do. Are you feeling elevated levels of anxiety? Do you quake uncontrollably, even thinking about watching cable news? Do you have disturbing nightmares, only to realize it's two in the afternoon and you're up? If you've experienced one or more of these symptoms, you may have FNO, news overload. Fortunately, there's treatment. Hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of Troubled Waters. Troubled Waters helps fight FNO. That's because Troubled Waters stimulates your joy zone. On Troubled Waters, two comedians will battle one another for pop culture supremacy. So join me. Dave Holmes for two, two, two doses of troubled waters a month. The cure for your news overload.
Available on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.